Well, I realized that when Barbie was up here and she was teaching us about, you know, all of how to encounter our dreams, how to interpret our dreams, I realized something. She actually has an anointing to break open fresh dreams in people and and to cause hopelessness and hope deferred to come down. And, And it was so powerful. It was almost like it caused everybody here to begin to dream again and to begin to believe again. And so you really cause us all to to um, walk in greater levels of faith. And I was so thankful for it. And we just want to keep having you back as part of our family. <laughs> We're just going to put you on the rotation. How's that? <laughs> yeah. And she's so cute. I mean, come on. We can't stand it. All right. So come on up, Barbie. And um, Barbie's going to share. And then um, we're going to have Patricia share. So give her a big old Texas welcome. Love you. Well, I'm excited to be here. I'm back. (laughs) And I guess I'll be back again. So that's good. But I just loved the worship and as they were singing and and um, I'm just up here really to do a couple of infomercials and I want to introduce my friend Patricia because I'm so honored that I get to share her with you. But um, uh, on the re- her resources didn't come in and that's a real disappointment because she has so many amazing things but she can give you some websites where you can go and after you hear you're going to want to get one of everything. You know, that's how we shop in Texas. <laughs> If you can't decide on one or the other pair of shoes, you just go, mm, okay, I'll take them both. <laughs> and, you know, then you always have extra you can bless people with, you know. Some you've never worn, but that's what shoes, you know, you don't have to always wear them. You can always look at them. But um, there is one book that Patricia is in. This is a book called So You Want to Change the World. And Destiny Image invited uh, different authors that they knew that specialized in certain areas and that are world changers to write a chapter of the keys that they have that have helped them be successful in changing lives and changing the world that's around them. Because every one of us is called as a world changer. So they're a very limited number. But this does have Patricia's name on it. And she has written a great chapter in it. And um, I got to write a chapter as well. And I begged them. I said, please put my chapter next to Patricia's. <laughs> and they did. Uh, the other thing, um, I was just here doing Dreams and Visions. And this is the book that I wrote called Dream Encounters. And if you haven't studied dreams, you probably have not empowered them in your life. And dreaming is one of the quickest ways to success. Because God will give you a script, he'll give you a plan, a blueprint, he'll show you destiny while you're sleeping, then you just wake up and live it out. So this is a book that's a tool that's going to help you take the mystery out of dreaming. Dreaming, dreams are love letters that God has written personally for you that pertain to you to make you the best and the greatest that you can possibly be. The Christ in you is great. And so your dreams show you how to get the greatness of God in you to come out and manifest so that you become great in God. So this is a book that I think you'll enjoy as well. And I got this girl to pose for me. She looked a lot like me. And, you know, a lot of times you have to pay him a lot to do it. And this girl was really cheap. So I was really excited about that. I didn't have to pay her a lot to do the cover for me. Cover girls are expensive, so... Um, this one, uh, we're, the church has entered into a 10-year season of the seer gift. 
And so, you know, the Bible says that my sheep hear my voice, but he also wants us to encounter him in every way. So, you know, when you're wearing this awesome worship that they have in this house and the vision realm opens up and you're encountering him, your eyes are being opened to see. It's, it's an A-Y-I-N-A-N, anointing, and it's called the seer. It's called a wellspring. And so the God just opens our eyes to see into another dimension because he is in a dimension beyond. And this second part of the title is to look again to see beyond the natural. And to be successful, you have to see beyond the natural circumstances and limitations of this natural realm into the supernatural realm where there are no limitations and where anything is possible because with God everything is possible. So he wants us to learn not just to hear him, but to see him, to feel him, to taste and see that he is good. And so it's a powerful season that we've entered into, and we're already four years into it, so I'm excited we've got at least another six to really perfect that gifting that God has released for us. The other thing is we've got lots of different dream symbol books out there. I recommend you at least pick up volume one. It has over 24 cards in it categorized by the most frequent symbols that will appear in your dreams. Animals, vehicles, people. You know, I'm, I'm praying for Brad Pitt or somebody like that to appear in my dreams often now. And, uh, you know, and then when you get tired of that one, you just pray for someone new. Uh, apparel and clothing, body parts. And the, an important card is color. Because God, just like when he put the rainbow in the sky, he put a covenant of himself in seven different colors. In Isaiah 11:2, it speaks to the seven spirits of God, and those all come in a different color dimension. So colors are very strategic in your dreams, and it can change the whole context and meaning depending on the color that appears. The other important thing, uh, one of the real important things is numbers that appear, the date that you have your dream, and the time that you awaken. So there are different things that will help you in that. In the back of this little book called When Will My Dream Come True, isn't that what we all want to know? What was I destined for? When will my dream come true? What's the delay? I put some great keys in here to determine the timing of the Lord because in the realm of the Spirit, it's already happened. It's now. You've already seen it. You've experienced it, but it hasn't manifested. And we get into hopelessness when we don't have our dreams come to fruition in the time period that we have thought they would be. And so right before it's going to happen, we usually give up. I think this book will help you with encouraging you in the timings. Behold, I come quickly. And then we're like, yes, and where are you? You know, his quickly and our quickly doesn't quite add up to the same. And I put in a lot of supernatural encounters into this script book as well. This last one I want to talk on is called Prophetic Perspectives. Try to say that fast three times. Um, Patricia had me out to do with her at her big tent meeting, and we got to do a little television shoot. And she asked me to share prophetic insights. And so I got to do a 10-minute segment that's on here. Um, but this, there are also three DVDs because God began giving me a download. You know, when you ask God for something, a lot of times we ask little, and he wants to give big. So he just began downloading to me um, over a period of weeks even. When I was traveling with Patricia, I got to go with her to um, Australia and into New Zealand. And if you put my picture up. And when we were down there... 
so many supernatural encounters happen with lots of prophetic downloads and I'm a tall woman with long legs but Patricia is one of the few women that I have to run to keep up with I'd be going through the airports and God was giving me downloads and I have my notepad out because you know you need to capture it when he's speaking so she's 10 paces ahead of me and I'm walking full speed ahead trying to write pull suitcases navigate all this stuff and you know, God's writing and talking to me. So he gave me all these prophetic perspectives. And I even found out about a Brumby. Did you guys, do you guys know what a Brumby is? I didn't either. And we're in the airport, and these Australian guys are there. And God's going, in the Brumby this, that. And I go, Brumby? And so I turn around and talk to this one guy. And I said, what's a Brumby? He goes, oh, it's a horse. It's a wild horse. And I go, what? Because they have their own language there. And when they get excited, it gets faster and harder to understand. But I learned all this stuff, and but God just began talking to me. And, and in one of the meetings when we were there, the reason I love this picture is because I have met him. I encountered the man of fire when I was down under. And he had these colors in him. He picked me up three different times. You know, but then the Lord, I kept asking the Lord about this man of fire that he's releasing into the church. And when we were there, Bob Jones, a prophetic voice, also released a word about an uh, egg that contained fire within it. And so God had us in one part of the world prophesying and talking about the fire and encountering the man of fire. And when I was here the last time, Tracy, I saw this and I goes, oh my gosh, I have met this guy. He is a tangible spiritual presence. But the Lord told me, he said, that where the church is at this level, he's got the reds, the orange, the yellows, the whites. But he's also going to transform into being a blue flame of fire. Because that's the brightest and the hottest. He said, but Barbie, where you are at your level, I, you could only encounter him in this form. He said, but there is coming an increase in the fire to where the purity and the holiness and the presence, and it's going to be the heart of the champions. And we sang about that tonight. And there's a heartland, which the Lord began to talk about. He's making us into a heartland for the Father. And he spoke about the encounters that the young people were going to have. That's why I love this place. I mean, I'm glad you old people are here too. <laughs> but... I love the young heart that still believes they can do anything. That there are no boundaries, there are no limitations, the sky is not even a limit. They can go beyond into the galaxies. But God said that he's going to pour out such visitations upon the youth and the young people that it's going to cause the older people and the people who are steeped in religion and churchiosity to go back into the word to try to dig out how these things could possibly happen. Is this really God? Because they're going to have such encounters on such levels and magnitude that it's going to blow people away. And people who are coming fresh out of the world, I mean, they don't even know how to say religion yet or church they're going to be moving in all kinds of supernatural encounters, and it's going to provoke jealousy. And I said, bring it on. Bring it. And I believe this is a house where he's going to steward it. And so when I saw my boyfriend here, <laughs> and he is hot. <laughs> Brad, I'm going to get you. 
He is very hot. But that's what he wants from all of us. He wants that red-hot passion. And that's what love is all about. That's why I love Patricia King. Because Patricia King is absolutely amazing. I've known her probably close to 12 years now. I met her at a first conference I did um, here coming into Texas with Keith Miller. I think Bill Johnson was there, Todd Bentley, Patricia King. I'm not sure who all the lineup was, but we got to go to dinner. I fell in love, and we've been in contact ever since. And like I said, I've gotten to travel with her internationally, share hotels rooms with her. We've shared food. We love to share food, lots of food. I built biceps hanging out with her. And um, I've stayed at her home with her husband, and she's staying at my home this trip. So what I'm saying is I know Patricia. I've been on television with her. I've ministered with her. I've traveled with her. She's been a, a life coach to me through the years and inspiration. Somebody I would say, wow, God. I would love to model my ministry, my um, abilities around this type of woman, and to learn how to love the way she loves. Because there's, I've, I meet lots of ministers all over the world, but there's some that you go, wow, no, I'd like that. And then there's some you go, wow, nice to meet you. <laughs> Please don't have me back. <laughs> You know, and you're watching the clock. Oh, how much longer till this is over? <laughs> but it's true. I'm honest. <laughs> but Patricia's not like that. It's like when she leaves, I go through withdrawals. <laughs> Are you still there? Can you call me when you come out and play? <laughs> but I, I think you're going to absolutely love her. I'm glad I got to share her with you, so I'm not going to take any more of her time. So, um, Patricia, if you would come, greet the people. Thank you so much, Barbie. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, when I came into the uh, green room over here tonight and saw this painting, I thought, wow, I mean, it is so magnificent. I just love it. And that's what I came tonight with a message on the Man of Fire. And, um, and no one knew that here. Um, but because it's a prophetic house, it's, it's just like so easy just to connect. And, you know, God joins all the dots together and it's, it, it's wonderful. I have um, just for the first time uh, had the blessing of meeting Tracy and I've heard so many good things about you. I could hardly wait to get here and meet you. And um, what a beautiful vessel of the Lord. You're uh, prophetic, you're apostolic, and you're a mama. And you steward, you steward the presence so beautifully. And your house here is like the storehouse. Wow. You know, there's a lot that could be said about storehouse. And, um, but I know that God is going to have accelerated blessing and expansion of um, operations out of this house. And, and as it's been a priestly model um, with prophetic oil flowing upon the priest, it's um, going to become extremely apostolic as well because I saw it like an apostolic resource training center, sending center, a soul's revival, outpouring of the spirit and everything that goes with it. And he says, well done, well done to all of you. And wasn't that worship, I just want to say that worship was amazing. Um, thank you so much. And did you write the song? Um, 
Yeah, oh my gosh, I love it. You know, I had someone go out and buy the the CD for me <laughs> right away because, oh, it's not on there. Oh, wow. It's going to be coming on one shortly. Okay. <laughs> Well done. You know, I just want to celebrate all of you. I mean, what a what a wonderful house. And I mean, if I lived in this area, I'd hang out lots here. So anyways, thank you so much for um, hosting us tonight. And it's awesome to be with you. Um, my product didn't come in. It's lost somewhere. And, um, you know, it's been traveling around for over a week now, I guess. So it, it's somewhere. And I guess God wanted just presents to come off of it wherever it is and, and bless some postal people or something. But, um, but anyways, if you go online at xpministries.com, the letter X, the letter P, and then ministries.com, uh, we have a store there that you can order everything on there and we have wonderful resources there. You know, know what a privilege it is to receive a revelation did you know that a revelation just having a revelation is not possession of it you know it's like working at letting it go through the fire of afflictions and testings and and working that revelation putting action to it and then it comes out like pure gold with authority and then it's pre then it's able to be given to others so that releases impartation to them. And uh, so we believe that that's what the resource that God has permitted us to bless the body with is, is it carries that essence. And it's been our privilege uh, to walk with God, not only in the revelatory process, but, but in activating and working those words, in working the revelation, watching it go through the fiery testings and trials and coming out pure and carrying authority to give to you. And so anything on the site that, that can help you, we, um, we just love to serve the body by resourcing the body in that way. And um, also I wanted to just, before I get into my message tonight, is uh, to invite you. We're having a conference coming up called Women on the Front Lines. I'd love it if you could come, actually. Tracy, it would be awesome for you to be there. Yeah, because you are a woman on the front lines. And the original vision was from uh, James Gall and his late wife, Michael Ann Gall. She's in glory now. But after she went on to glory, um, James asked if I would help him carry the vision. So I've been doing that. And we have our um, hub uh, meetings out of um, Phoenix. And so uh, that's going to be on March the 6th to the 8th. And uh, it, it's just a time where we bring a coalition of women on the front lines together that are seasoned in their authority in different realms of influence. And the atmosphere is just charged with the presence. We have phenomenal worship, and it's a prophetic apostolic environment, and women's lives and men, men are welcome too. In fact, lots of men come. Um, that That is just life transforming for for everyone who comes, it's, it's, it's amazing. But if you can't make it um, uh, in, in person there, on site, we do have a webcast. So you can go on xpmedia.com and go to the events page and you can get more, more information on it. But love to see you there, Tracy, and introduce you to some of my friends and, and uh, help you 
you know, I just believe that you've been in a place of obscurity on purpose by the Lord um, because he's building something. That's why babies are formed inside of a womb in a hidden place until they come into visibility. And I believe that um, this is your season this year for you and your work to come into greater visibility. And so um, blessings to you on that. Well, I came tonight with um, a word from the Lord that I've been carrying for a number of months now. In fact, I think probably almost a year. And, um, and it's on the baptism with fire. And just to share a little bit first before I get into the actual meat of the word. Um, you know, prophecies, God says in Amos that he does nothing in the earth except he reveals it first to his servants, the prophets. Sorry, I went past my mark there. I'll try to stay, stay within. Oh, oh is, is that right? And so, so there's always a prophetic season in the earth before God manifests an aspect of glory. It's very, very important um, to celebrate the prophetic because otherwise you'll have the dark ages. You know, and so we get to ask the Lord because we're prophetic people. All, all believers are able to be prophetic. All of us have prophetic ears because the prophet lives within us. Amen. We're not maybe all prophets, but we're all able to be prophetic. And so when we get our antennas up in prayer and we hear from God, concerning his purposes, what he wants to weave into uh, the fabric of time and the particular day that we're living in. And then we give utterance to that. It actually creates a landing strip for his glory to come. And so in this season, we are hearing and hearing and hearing so much about fire because God's going to bring it. There is going to be a manifestation of fire to the corporate body, to the whole body. So I'll try to unpack that a little bit for you in a while. But before I do that, I wanted to share about a vision, a prophetic vision that the prophet Bob Jones had a number of years ago. I believe it was back in the 70s when God had spoken to him about three great moves of the Spirit that were coming before uh, the return of the Lord. And one of them, he said, the first one is going to be wine, an outpouring of wine, a movement of wine. The second would be fire, and the third would be wind. And it's the opposite order of what came on the day of Pentecost. It was reverse order. So in 1984, he re reiterates this prophetic vision. In 1984, and he said, 10 years from now, this is going to begin with the outpouring of wine 10 years from now. So what happened in 1994? In 1994, there was the outpouring of the Spirit in, in Toronto, Canada. It was marked by drunkenness in the Holy Spirit, the outpouring of wine, introducing the body to the Father's heart, the Father's love, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, and, and just, you know, we were, you know, we've been drinking of that wine in an amazing way. And that movement, that movement brought so much fruit. You know, you will know something by its fruit. And when you look at the fruit of the outpouring of the Spirit of God through on, 
Ontario through Toronto. Um, there was just tremendous things. In fact, in the first two years, um, there was over, um, I believe it was a hundred thousand, in the first two years, a hundred thousand um, documented salvations. But a year into it, the spark of that revival hit Brownsville, and there was over a hundred thousand souls in the first year of that one. And I mean, we, you know, we can just go on and on. It opened up a portal for the supernatural as well that spread worldwide. And the face of the church has been changed forever. It has just been morphing ever since. You have the likes of people like Heidi Baker, who was struggling in her missionary call until she went to Toronto. Her and her husband had planted three churches. They were all struggling churches. She was feeling burned out. She was discouraged. Went to Toronto. The Holy Spirit filled her, came upon her, hijacked her. And one week of being totally drunk in the Holy Spirit, nonstop and continuously, after that goes back to Mozambique and revival breaks out in Mozambique to a point where there are uncountable churches, not only in that nation, but spread throughout almost every dark nation of the earth. And she's empowered Western nations to walk with God like no one I know. Amazing. That's not bad for a bit of wine. And then we have, um, then we have Bill Johnson, who his, he and his team had been to Toronto and the spark went over there. And now we have a whole movement, you know, kingdom culture and Jesus culture. I mean, it's just, just spreading. I mean, we could go on and on and on about the influences and the effects of the outpouring of the wine. It's been a glorious day. In fact, there is such a harvest at this time that there are literally, and this is, this is, accurate there are more christians on the face of the earth today than there are in heaven there are more christians in the earth today than all that have been saved throughout church history from from you know the ascension of jesus christ to now there this is the largest the largest body of living believers in the earth ever combined totally combined do you understand that I was just with um, Leif Hetland a couple of weeks back, and he was saying that, that over the last couple of years, he has personally, through his, his uh, meetings, led over a million Muslims to the Lord in Arab nations, Pakistan, and, and other nations. I mean, we are in an outpouring of the Spirit. Liana Cinquentas in uh, India, in a very, very difficult territory of India, has planted over 12,000 churches in the last few years. And there's a total, total, complete heathen regions with no believers there until she went and started, you know, preaching and raising up leaders and is just spreading like wildfire. That's the wine. <laughs> that's, that, that's a great season. That's a great outpouring. We're living in the most fantastic day. There is nothing we can't do in this hour. It, everything's available to us. Through media, we can preach the gospel by pushing a send button, you know, by pushing a post button. It's just phenomenal what we can do. As I am here, I'm actually teaching right now, actually. Right now, I am just, right now, I am just finishing up a webinar um, that's been running all over the world. But I pre-recorded it 
because I was going to be here and wouldn't be able to do it live. I pre-recorded it, but, um, you know, we had over, um, I think uh, Shirley said the final total was about 1,400 people signed up for that webinar that are watching while I'm here. Isn't that amazing? What a day we're living in. And they're from all over the world watching. I arrived in Sri Lanka in November, and um, I'd never been there before. Never, ever set foot in that territory. Never. It was my very first time. I was picking up my baggage in the baggage department of the airport, and a man comes running up to me and says, I know who you are. I thought, creepy, okay. <laughs> and he says, you are Patricia King. And I said, do I know you? He says, no, I, no, you don't understand. I watch you all the time on the internet. I watch you all the time. And he was so excited. He says, you're a mentor. You're a spiritual mentor. You're my spiritual mother. And I thought, I've never met you. <laughs> Isn't this amazing? It's so amazing. I was so touched. And everywhere I went, from place to place, you know, where I was meeting in Sri Lanka, people were saying, oh, thank you so much for coming. You've been mentoring me in the spirit. And I was brought to tears because I thought, I've never been here. And yet, while I was at home asleep, I was ministering to you. This is the day that we are living in. It's awesome. So, so Bob Jones, let's go back to him. So he has this word about the wine. He says, in 10 years, it's going to begin. And now there was just the celebration of the 20 years since that outpouring, just this January the 20th. 20 years celebration of that outpouring. And it's still going on. And there's a spirit of unity an expectation like never before. Usually, a move of God, historically, will last about three years. And then it's kind of old school. Okay, that, well, that was nice. And everyone talks about it for the next hundred years. Remember back when. But at the celebration, of course, there were some remembrances of some of the things that God did. But most of the emphasis was a prophetic emphasis from all the leaders that had been used by God to impact the world through this revival. They were all saying the best is yet to come. There's an outpouring at hand such as we've never known. And so it's not living in the past, it's living prophetically for what God is about to do. And never before have we seen so much unity. You know, I look at the Revival Alliance leaders, even if we just take that one group of people, like with, you know, uh, John Arnett and Bill Johnson and Cheon and Randy Clark and Georgian Banoff, Heidi Baker, that whole alliance and all of their networks that are networked together that are making way for each other with no striving, no competition, just wanting to empower each other. We see similar things with IHOP and YWAM, and it's just happening all over the world. When has there ever been a day when the glory has produced that level of unity and oneness and true authentic love for one another? I tell you, we're on a roll, you know? We're on a roll, and I'm excited about it. But after the movement of wine, according to Bob Jones's prophecy, the next movement is a move of fire. Whoa, say fire. fire. Whoa. And tonight, you know, because the Lord, the Lord confirms his word with signs following. Whenever I preach this word, people start to get hot. So if you start to get hot, and sometimes they get hot in certain parts of their body because God is empowering in in their lives. He's just showing them. Some people are getting hot hands and there's healing ministry that's being birthed. And, you know, hot feet is a sign of go ye. Hot heart, you know, it's an enlarged heart for the Lord. So don't be surprised if you start warming up throughout this 
message and uh, you know we're going to impart the fire whoa at the end of at the at the end probably <laughs> maybe <laughs> oh <laughs> i'm getting drunk okay and back in 1980 i was i was i was before my fireplace, having um, a meditation time in the Lord, and I was reading my Bible. And I was reading out of Matthew 3, where John the Baptist was talking about the baptism with fire, and I'd never noticed it before. And I was sitting in front of the fireplace, and the wood was burning and everything, and it was just, I thought, wow, God must be speaking. I'm in front of the fireplace, and there's a, an actual scripture here about fire, and I didn't know about this baptism with fire, but I want it. So um, I, I said, God, I don't know what it is, but I want it. I really want this fire. I'm going to stay up all night, and I'm going to pray all night until I get this. And so I... I um, did as long as, you know, I could and fell asleep, for, you know, around three or so and woke up cold. The fire was out and, and I didn't have the baptism with fire yet and, and I was disappointed and upset with myself that I fell asleep. I thought, oh, if I didn't fall asleep, I probably would have had the fire, um, you know, but um, anyways... I never forgot that night, and I tucked it away, and I said, God, I just want to know more about this fire. And then, it, you know, it kind of left, you know, it was kind of dormant. Have you ever been there when you were made alive with a revelation on something, and then you pursue it for a season, and then it kind of fades out, but, the, you know, the ember is still in there, and then years later, it manifests. Have you ever had that? Well, if you're in the season where your little seed is dormant, let me just tell you, I've always known it to manifest later, you know, so you might want to fan some of those things into flame. But anyways, let's take a look at the scripture. And in Matthew 3, whoa, <laughs> this is going to be interesting. If I get drunk, it's very hard to preach. Okay, whoa. In Matthew 3, <laughs> verse 10, whoa, the axe, whoa. The axe is already laid at the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. By the way, let me just interject this. In Genesis chapter 1, verses 27 to 28, it outlines a five-fold blessing that God commanded over mankind. Whoa. The blessing to be fruitful. Secondly, to multiply. Thirdly, to fill the earth with the gospel, with his glory. Fourthly, to subdue, which means to use the earth's resources to bless God and man. And fourthly, to, or fifthly, to rule. And so you have a fivefold blessing over your life. God expects that blessing to manifest. The first one being fruitful. That's why John the Baptist said, you know, if there's any branch that's not bearing good fruit, cut it off and throw it into the fire because the expectation is for fruitfulness. And all of you, all of you are called to manifest fruit as you abide in him. Verse 11, as for me, as for me, John the Baptist, I baptize you with water for repentance. But, but he, Jesus, who is coming after me, is mightier than I. And I am not fit to remove his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And what's the next word? And, it's and fire. 
and fire. The Holy Spirit and fire. I want you to note that these are two separate baptisms. They are not one and the same. Two separate baptisms, the same God, two baptisms. Baptism, to be baptized means to be immersed into or completely filled. It's not a little dabble, do you? It's not a little touch. It's like a full, full immersion. Amen? John said, I'll baptize with water, but Jesus is going to come and baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clear his threshing floor, and he will gather his wheat into the barn, and he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Now, I want to submit something to you tonight for you to pray into, for you to think about, because it's a glorious, it's a glorious um, submission. And that is that in this scripture, we see two baptisms and we see two effects. We see the baptism with the spirit and fire and it says with his winnowing fork in his hand, he's going to gather the wheat into the barn. Now in Acts chapter 1, Jesus prophesied in verse 5 and he said, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. He prophesied that. He didn't say you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire. In verse 8, he says, you will receive power, dunamis power, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. He didn't say when the fire comes upon you. He said when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. Therefore, the baptism with the Holy Spirit is given so that we can gather the wheat into the barn. And so on the day of Pentecost, it says that they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak in tongues, all of them. It wasn't just a few. Everyone in that upper room, everyone, everyone, everyone in the upper room was filled with the Holy Spirit. They were all baptized with the Holy Spirit. And they all spoke in tongues, all of them. And as a result of that, there was an influence, there was an effect from that empowerment that started immediately as a move of God is that 3,000 were added to the church. There was wheat brought into the barn on that, many, that very day and as many after that as, as were brought in, you know? And so the baptism with the Holy Spirit was poured out 2,000 years ago on the corporate, say corporate, corporate body. And it started to have a, a very, very huge effect immediately through the people of God. For 2,000 years, this, this, this empowerment that comes from the Holy Spirit has been working through the church to build the body, to gather the wheat into the barn to a point where today we have so many believers in the world today, more than there ever has been. We haven't seen anything yet. There's more to come. Amen? Now, the issue is that not all believers look yet like Jesus Christ. We have some issues. When we look at the church of the living God, we see sin in the midst. In, um, let me just turn the page over here. I was just doing a, um, I studied every scripture on fire in the Bible over the last couple of months. Every scripture I've meditated on and studied all the different aspects of it. It's been very enlightening. 
But the first mention of fire, the first mention of fire in the Bible, the law of first mention is an important law for Bible interpretation. But the, the first mention is concerning Sodom and Gomorrah being burned with fire, consumed, destroyed by fire. But the last mention, which is as equally as important, is really interesting because it's about the lake of fire and how there will be those that, 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 that will... Um, that will be in this lake of fire and it speaks of adulterers, it speaks of homosexuals, it speaks of drunkards, it speaks of liars. This is really heavy-duty stuff when you think about it. Those are things that God feels worthy. That type of behavior is worthy of the final judgment in the lake of fire for those without Christ that are doing those things. He didn't, you know, the the unbelieving, you know, all those that are doing those things. And yet we tolerate those things in ourselves. We take it quite lightly, actually. In American church, we have a big party spirit in the church. I don't know if you're aware of that because it gets on us subtly, you know, and sometimes we will be so mixed in with the world and its ways that we forget that God is a holy God and we just go go with the flow because we're afraid to go against it would, would sound religious. I'm just going to raise the bar here because I'm leaving town soon, so I might as well. But I'm serious. If you study revival, you'll find in all the holiness revivals, including the Welsh revival, the Great Awakenings, all of it, the Holy Spirit addressed certain things. He addressed immorality. He addressed um, the oppression of workers. He, he addressed speech issues. Don't let any corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. It's just not okay to cuss and swear and then say, oh, well, you know, I'm not being religious. I'm just, you know, cool. Well, you're not going to be cool if you're in the lake of fire. <laughs> Liars go to hell. Don't let any corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. And in revivals, not only did the Holy Spirit address those things where the fear of the Lord fell and God really got a hold of the heart. You know, he even closed down party houses and bars. That's why, you know, unless we're going into wind souls, we wouldn't want to imbibe in something that the Holy Spirit actually brutally shuts down in past revivals. You know, just think about some things like that. We need to be very careful that we're not conformed to the world. Why? Because we're separated unto God. We're separated unto the real meal thing. The world, the world is full of the counterfeit. But we are to be a people of the real, of the true, of the worthy. And it is different from the world. Our language needs to be different from the world. What we drink needs to be different from the world. There's such a push on drinking alcohol today. I'm just going to give you my conviction. It might not be yours. You can um, hold on to your own conviction if it's before the Lord. I'm not going to judge you for that. You know, you have to make up your own decision. But I'm going to give you something to think about because there is a pressure out there in the church today. Go ahead and drink and party and swear and do all these things because after all, if you, know, if you don't, you could be religious. And it's so not true. 
And there are many Christian leaders that I know personally that are struggling with alcoholic addiction because of the example of Christian leaders drinking so freely. And again, I mean, a lot of my friends drink, and so, you know, that's their conviction. But I just feel that we need to look at some of these things because the body of Christ is filled with addiction and secret addictions. I have, you know, I, you know, I have a leader friend who is addicted to prescription drugs. There are others that actually smoke pot and think it's okay, you know, because because the temperature has been warmed up slowly. We're like the frog in the pot. You know, it starts out with room temperature water. You just bring it to boiling and it dies and it doesn't even know it boiled to death. Because everything came up a little bit at a time, a little bit slowly. There are Christians that are engaging freely in adultery, fornication, homosexuality. In fact, whole churches to deal with the issues are just creating homosexual churches. Because after all, it's got to be okay. Because a lot of people say it's okay. But what does the Bible say? Is there going to be a remnant that will really stand on the word of God? Who will really go after God and the fullness of his grace? When I got born again, the grace of God led me away from sin. Praise the Lord, because sin had damaged me. It led me away from sin unto his holiness. You know, and I, I've never... I've never, ever backslidden. What would I backslide into? The slime pit that I came out of? It, it, it smells like manure. It, it, is, it is worse than manure. It, it, it's horrible. I don't want to have anything to do with it because the grace of God has led me into glory. It has led me into encounter. It has led me into a pure lifestyle where hopefully I walk in such a way that if someone were to follow me, they would never stumble. If they were to practice what I do, they would never stumble. That's my goal. Is like, Lord, help me live in such a way that all my behavior, if anyone saw that I was do, what, what I was doing behind the scenes, speaking behind the scenes, any moment of any day they could watch me and they would not stumble or they would not be disappointed in seeing something other than your nature. Say, Lord, perfect in me the nature. Through your grace, perfect in me the nature and the lifestyle and the behavior of Jesus Christ so I would never cause anyone to, to, to stumble and that nothing that I would do or say would bring temptation to any life. So when I look at the body, and I, I, I travel worldwide, it's everywhere, but American culture, because of Hollywood, actually uh, promotes a lot of license for worldly-mindedness. And so the church in America, especially because we're here right now, I'll address this one, um, we need to call out for fire because the fire is going to be amazing. The fire is going to be an act of God's love that is going to burn up everything that is not of him. It's just going to be amazing. And, you know, a lot of people are afraid of the fire for some reason. They say, oh, yeah, you don't want the fire, it's judgment. We'll talk about that in a moment. We should love the judgment of God. I love it, you know, come on, bring it on. And I'll tell you why I believe that in a moment. But the fire is love. It says in, in um, Song of Solomon 8, that, that, that this love is so powerful, it's like a fire that cannot be quenched. And so imagine what a move of the fire of God is going to look like when the fire comes and burns within us everything that is not of him. 
I am practicing right now. You know, whenever I get a, a thought, a negative thought or something, I'm trying to remember to say, fire on you. And it actually, it actually really works. It's really amazing, you know. I said something the other day that I felt so remorseful for afterwards. And, and I said, oh, God, I'm so sorry. And I, I, I spoke to the person. I said, I'm so sorry. I didn't, I didn't want to say that, but I did. So it must have been in there somewhere. I'm so sorry. And I asked forgiveness. And, but I still felt terrible after I said, fire on you. I thought, oh, that felt good. It got burned up. You know, I thought this fire is cool. Like it's, like it's so easy, you know, to work with. And God loves it. It says his word is like a fire. It's like a hammer. It's like a sword. Because his word will pierce into our heart and bring us into conformity to his image so that we can all look and act and be like Jesus by grace. Now, all of us, when we're born again, his spirit comes inside our human spirit and makes us a brand new creature where old things have passed away, all things have become new. So inside your spirit man, by the way, your spirit man is not just a blob on the inside of you. You have a spirit head, spirit arms like inside your arms is your spirit arm inside your hand is the spirit hand and you know you got spirit legs spirit feet if you were to zip out of your physical body and then zip out of your your soul and go ta-da here's my spirit man your spirit man would look like you but it's perfect it's perfect and flawless it's in the nature and likeness of Jesus Christ full of wisdom full of righteousness full of truth you're just like him and it's by gift you didn't work for it you can't work for it it was just given to you and when the fire comes everything's going to be burned up accepting for what can't be burned which is his nature which means we're going to be ta-da looking at each other in our spiritual nature in our full glory nature it's awesome it's so amazing what this fire is going to bring forth now it's going to be a global move because some people have already experienced the fire personally to a certain measure but i have checked with revival historians I've done as much research as I could myself. I've checked through the Bible and never, listen to this, never yet has there been a corporate global move of the fire of God. Never has there been. Never even has there been. Even in the Welsh revival, when they called it the fires of revival, it, it wasn't to, to the fullness. It wasn't like the full manifestation as, as the president said, although many experience that full transformation by the burnings of God. In Jonathan Edwards, when he preached um, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God, it actually was one of the, the catalysts for the First Great Awakening, that sermon. It shook the whole church, and people actually felt the fires, not of the fire of the baptism, but the fires of hell coming up, the fear of the Lord came into the room. And people who thought they had been Christians their whole life realized they weren't. They were just being religious. And they turned and fully repented from all their ways unto the Lord like that. And it spread as the great awakening and covered a whole generation for 40 years. The second generation was for 70 years. Can you imagine what it would be like right now if God shows up in this revival right now and at last said 70 years. Whoa. Our children, our grandchildren are all going to live in this glory. 
And what is it going to look like? It's going to produce kindness. Everything that is of love will remain, and everything that's not of love is going to go to fire. And we won't be doing anything that would hurt anyone. None of our activities, none of our behaviors, none of our choices would hurt anyone. And that means Jesus can come back really fast, because if the church looks like that, we might get a full global harvest. Why isn't your neighbor coming to the Lord right now? Is it because the church hasn't manifest yet the full full measure of the of the love of God, of the power of God, of the works of God, you know? But this is coming, and it's and it's going to be a move of grace. It's going to be a move of His power. Now, if the move of wine brought forth, what was brought forth? What is the move of fire going to look like? The greatest move that history has ever beheld, the greatest move of the Spirit is coming. It is at hand. And you know what? It has to start somewhere. Every revival starts somewhere. Usually it starts with a small group of people in an unexpected place who have been praying and have their hearts before the Lord and are hungry for him. Hmm, sounds like it could be here. It always starts somewhere. And then it spreads like a fire. It's just amazing. And this one's going to be such as we've never known. I mean, we can prophesy in part, but we won't know until the fullness comes, the full measure of the greatness of this move. And you know who is going to baptize? The man of fire himself. The man of fire himself is going to come and baptize. In Revelation chapter 1, it talks about Jesus who has fire in his eyes. And his feet are like burnished bronze that have come out of the, the fire. His face shines like the sun in its strength. The sun's a ball of fire. Amen? And this is Jesus. You also see Jesus um, explained through a manifestation in Ezekiel 127 and 28. He's got fire from the loins up. He's got fire from the loins down. You see in Daniel 7 that the Ancient of Days is sitting on a throne of fire. And this throne has wheels, and they're also a fire. It says it right in Daniel 7. And that out of the midst of the Lord, out of his belly, flows a river of fire. Now, if this man of fire is dwelling in you, then this river of fire is going to flow through you too. Woo! Lord, bring on this fire. It's amazing. Well, now we know through Matthew 3 that that um, the fire is going to burn up the, the chaff with unquenchable fire. And this is supported also out of Malachi 3. And it says, Behold, I, well, I'm going to send my messenger, and he will clear the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly, suddenly come to his temple. Now, you're the temple, and he's going to come suddenly. He could come right now. You know, but when he comes, he is going to come suddenly. All of a sudden, you'll read about it in the paper, or over the internet, on the, on the, you know, six o'clock news, on the late shows. It'll be broadcast all over the world that the man of fire showed up. He will suddenly come to his temple. On the day of Pentecost, it says the spirit suddenly came suddenly came it's like one moment he's not there and the next moment he's there amen 
Behold, well, behold, I'm going to send my messenger. He will clear the way before me. The Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. And the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like fuller's soap. And he will sit as a smelter and purifier of silver. And he will purify the sons of Levi. The Levi is the priesthood. But in Peter, he says, we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. In Revelation 1.6, you are priests and kings unto your God. And he is going to purify you. <laughs> and he's going to purify you like gold and silver, so they may present to the Lord offerings in righteousness. The offering of our service, the offering of our lives, the offering of our worship will be in righteousness. There won't be the mixture anymore. There won't be, you know, a portion of the love for the world, a portion of the love for the flesh, a portion of the love for God. It'll just be raw God, you know, because everything else will be burned up. Our only passion will be for him. There won't be the mixture anymore. He's going to take care of it for us. Oh, then it says in verse 5, after the priesthood gets purified, then I will draw near to you for judgment. And I will be a swift witness against the sorcerers and against the adulterers and against those who swear falsely, against those who oppress the wage earner and his wages, the widow and the orphan, those who turn aside the alien and those who do not fear me, says the Lord of hosts. Uh, God wrote that. I didn't. You know, it's in the New Testament, too. You can read it in the New Testament. Paul wrote about it. Jesus spoke of it. You know, don't cut certain scriptures out. Read the whole Bible, the whole council. <laughs> but let's talk about judgment. Because in Isaiah 4.4, it says that he's going to purge us through the spirit of judgment and burning. Judgment and burning. Judgment and fire. He says here he's going to bring a judgment. It comes together with the fire. I was asking Bill Johnson for a documentary we did on the fire. I says, what is, what is the fire? He says, fire is judgment. And it was one of the aspects of the fire that, that came forward. And so I did this study on judgment because I thought, well, Lord, everything you do is good, so I want it all. I want it all. And if you're going to give a judgment, I want the judgment. Bring it on, you know? I want it. I want everything. I don't want to just cut parts of you out. I want all of you. And um, so he showed me something, and this is this is very interesting. Remember, remember when um, when uh, uh, James and John were wanting to call down fire from heaven upon the Samaritans because they said, you know, Jesus, they're they're you know they're just not in line with where you're at. You know, they're just not lined up. They're not properly aligned. You know, and you know if. If you want, we can call down fire from heaven and consume them. We'll get them out of the way because we know, you know, that this fire can consume. You know, we'll just get them good. And Jesus had to address that. He says, you don't know what spirit you're of. I did not come to judge, but to save. Because they wanted to just see them just wiped out. And destroyed by fire. And Jesus said, that's not the heart. That's not the heart. You don't understand what the fire is even for. You don't understand that I didn't come to destroy. It's the thief who comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I came that you would have life and have it in its abundance. 
This is not what I, I, I didn't come to destroy mankind. I came to save to deliver, to heal, to prosper, to bring peace and release. That's my heart. So I want to save those Samaritans. I don't want to destroy them. But I do want to send fire on everything that's hurting them. You see, if they had said, Jesus, let's call down fire on those things that are keeping them from you, that would have been a whole different story. That's a different perspective, right? So in that scripture, he said... I didn't come to judge. But then, as the scriptures are perplexing sometimes, he says in John 9, 39, Jesus said, for judgment, I came into the world. So first of all, he says, I did not come to judge. And now he's saying, for judgment, I came into the world. But wow, how confusing is that? Okay, did you come with judgment or not? You know, he says, for judgment, I came into this world so that those who do not see may see and that those who see may become blind. Now, this is very insightful because when the fire comes, it's going to come with a judgment that's going to set us all free to see according to his perspective. It's the judgment that he came to, to give. If only James and John had understood that, they would have released the holy judgment of God onto the Samaritans so that they could see. Because what happened in Genesis 3 is that when mankind ate of the forbidden fruit, what does it say? It says their eyes were open. Their eyes were open because they ate off the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And now their eyes were open to know good and evil. God never wanted us to know evil. Never. He only wanted us to know good. But you see, because of sin, our eyes were open. So our carnal nature can draw on us. It's called, you know, the flesh sometimes in the Bible. But, you know, that little war, that little battle that goes on inside of you. And you can theologically deny that. You know, you can say, oh, no, no. I only believe in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, new creation. I don't have lust. I don't have this. You know, I don't know where it's coming from, but it's not me. But you know that it's that little war on the inside of you. Practically speaking, it's, it's you know, a little, a little wrestling match. And God says that he came with a judgment to... Make those seeing eyes blind so that you don't see according to that nature anymore. When I got born again, I was so filled with love that I think for about a month, I don't think I had a sinful thought in my mind. I didn't have a, I was just, immer, I was baptized in love, man. I was so grateful. I just couldn't see anything but, but la la land, you know? <laughs> It was like, woohoo, Jesus. It was every, in everything. It was in the doorknob, you know. I just like, whoa. And that's like living, like in heaven, that's all you see. You know that if you've been to heaven, you only see the glory. That's all you see. And Jesus said that he is going to bring a judgment that will blind us to our carnal desire and vision and open our eyes to see the glory realm. Now, a prototype of that in the Bible is the Apostle Paul. Remember when he got converted, right after that, he was made blind. He actually physically couldn't see. He was blind. And he had to be led to Damascus. Well, God had spoken to Ananias. Ananias means the gift of Jehovah. In other words, grace. So God speaks to grace, a man called grace, 
and says, go open Paul's vision. And so Paul, <laughs> Paul connected with Ananias, Ananias opens his vision. So Paul experienced the judgment of God. Isn't that awesome? He was blinded to that religious spirit that he had, which is part of the flesh. The flesh is just religious, you know. And he was blinded to it, and his eyes were open to the grace of God. He experienced judgment. Now, when the fire comes, this is so amazing. When the fire comes, when this revival hits, it's going to be mega grace. And by the way, you know, I know there's a lot of controversy right now about the grace of God. They're calling it hyper grace and that. But let me say, is like, just go for grace, man. It's the gospel of grace. But let me say this. If people are saying, because I'm in grace, I have a license to sin, they don't know grace yet. They don't know it yet. Just pray for them. Don't condemn them. Don't condemn them, but pray for them and try to try to teach them what real real grace is. Because when you've been touched by real grace, it leads you into godliness. I love the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. I've never, ever, ever known the grace of God to lead me into sin or to endorse any sin. The conviction of the Spirit comes when I sin, praise the Lord, and then I can make it right by grace. But the grace never gives me license to sin. And if you think some crazy thought in your head says, I can sin because I'm under grace. You don't know grace yet. But I encourage you, get to know the grace of God because there's nothing like it. When that presence comes on you, it's like, woo. You know, you're on your way to becoming like him. And it's not through self-effort or, you know, religiosity, like putting pressure on you to perform. It's like you can be like a little child entering into the kingdom knowing that your daddy's transformed your heart. That's what grace does. And it's easy. It's not hard to live like that. It's just easy. You know, you get that button. It's easy. <laughs> you know, that's, that's grace. And it's easy to live godly. It's not hard. Someone was telling me one time, they said, oh, man, you don't know how hard it is for me to get rid of this sin in my life. And I thought, I guess I don't, <laughs> you know. And they were trying to explain to me the, the temptation. I said, well, for me like sin because I, I just see how it destroyed my life. And, and to this day, if I choose a sinful choice, it, it's, it's yuck, you know. It wrecks all the fun inside, you know. It just, ooh, I don't like it. You know, I can't sleep right. You know, I just have a very sensitive conscience and I don't want to change, you know. But it's, it's like, you know, I heard this story one time about this guy who came into a church and in front of the church, on the mound, in front of the church was this big mound of, of um, pig manure, fresh, really, really fresh. And it was steaming. It was so fresh it was steaming, right? <laughs> now, that's disgusting, right? Would any of you, if I had a big pile of fresh pig manure up here, how many of you would like to jump in it, roll in it, smear yourself, and eat it? How many? Anyone? Any takers here right now? Come on. Any takers? <laughs> of course not. Why? Because it's pitiful. It's horrible. It's gross. It's, it's, we weren't made to eat it. We weren't made to even handle the smell of it. We can throw up just smelling it you know? 
But this guy comes into the church and he says, oh no, I can't go into that church because I could get tempted. What are you being tempted with? Uh, that, that pile of pig manure up there. Oh, I just have this problem in my life. And I get, you know, I just, I'm just, you know, I'm, 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 I'm just attracted to the manure. I just, I just don't know if I can hold back. I don't know if I can hold back. And all of a sudden he just runs up to the front, jumps in and starts eating it and, you know, getting it all over his body. You think, what is the matter with you? But in fact, that's what we do when we say, oh, I can't help it. I, you know, this sin is so, you know, it's just so hard to get over. Come on. You just haven't looked at how horrible it is yet. The deceitfulness of sin, it makes you think it's okay. Come on, eat of the forbidden fruit. It'll be good for you. Oh, yeah, a lot of good that did us. To this day, we're in bondage in the world because of that forbidden fruit being eaten, you know. Was it worth the moment? Right? So this judgment is going to save us, and the fire is going to purify us so that we can have fun. <laughs> so that we can really enjoy ourselves. I've been to heaven many times, you know, um, as many of you have. We can go all the time because we have access through the blood. We uh, teach a course called the Glory School. It gives very practical teaching out of the scriptures on how you can access the heavenly, di whoa, heavenly dimension by your faith. It's an amazing course. And um, I, I, I actually received it direct from the Holy Spirit through dictation over a 30-day period. And, um, but in heaven, there is no sin, there's no yuck, there's no discord, there's no hate, there's no, it's just like love and freedom and fun and glory and Jesus everywhere. It's just amazing. But we can live on the earth like that. And you and I get to create that. And this baptism with fire, when it comes, the church is going to be so empowered. We are going to be so connected. All the, all the stuff that has been standing in the way is going to be out of the way because it's going to be burned up as dross. Do you like that? Woo! Fire also represents passion. Wait till you see the baptism with fire bring passion. Wait till you see what's going to happen when the baptism with fire ignites our heart for Jesus like never before. It's going to be amazing. We're going to be in meetings where we'll see manifestations of fire. You, even the seraphim, you know, in, in, in Isaiah 6, isn't that a cool story? It's a cool testimony. It's an actual real thing that happened. Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up his train filling the temple. These seraphims, seraphims means the fiery ones. Well, they're actually being loosed into the earth a lot right now. Many people are starting to see them. They're carriers of the fire and they minister fire direct from the altar. And so, well, and so, uh, you know, Isaiah, he is really, you know, amazed at the fire and, and everything and this conviction immediately comes to him he says whoa i'm undone i'm a man of unclean lips i live amongst a people of unclean lips all of a sudden when you're in that kind of holy presence you get an awareness i've been visited twice by the spirit of the fear of the lord it's 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 you know people have said yeah when the fear of the lord comes it doesn't make you afraid don't be worried i thought are you kidding you have not experienced the spirit of the fear of the lord you have not experienced it because when he shows up in that way whoa you're even afraid to breathe <laughs> it's it's like his 
I don't know how to explain it. It says power, his absolute purity, his holiness. And you know that everything he is seeing about you and saying is just and right and true. You know, there's no argument. You know, you can't respond lightly. It's not like, hey, dude, how's it going? You know, no, no. When the spirit of the fear of the Lord comes, you don't address him in a, in a, way like that you know that that aspect of god when he reveals it it's like you know i was i was like you know wanting to escape it actually the presence because it was too much but then after it waned i wanted it back (laughs) but imagine the spirit of the fear of the lord covering the whole earth what 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 would happen if all of Dallas gets visited with the weight of the glory of God, with the fear of the Lord, and everyone's on their face screaming for mercy? <laughs> that actually happened in the Hebrides revival, you know. I mean, God just shook the place. It's, it, it's happened in past revivals on small in, in, in small ways. But what about this whole global move? What about whole entire cities being visited at the same time? What, a, what if it happened at 3 o'clock this morning at the end of the prayer set here? And when all of a sudden, all over Dallas, kaboom, there's the spirit of the fear of the Lord in fire, in power, just drawing us all into a place that we've never been before. <sighs> Heaven on earth. I tell you, it's coming. It says in Malachi 4, it says that, that, um, that God is going to come as a, a fire that consumes. And that it's also going to bring healing. It says it will destroy all pride and arrogance and every evil doing. It says that. So you don't want to love sin because if you do, when the fire comes on the sin, your love is going to get burned with it. But, um, but it also says that that those who fear the Lord will will be let out of their stalls, you know, like calves let out of the stalls, skipping about in the fields full of joy. And, and, and the Lord will rise with healing in his wings. The sun of righteousness, the sun, S-U-N, a ball of fire, is going to have healing. There's going to be so much, much fire. That's why I've been praying a lot for different physical conditions. <laughs> it's like fire on you, fire, fire on that cancer, fire you know, fire on that arthritis, fire on that Parkinson's, fire. Just practice it. It's really fun. (laughs) Because that fire that comes from the presence of the Lord is going to create a lot of healings and deliverance. In the world that I live in, we we deal a lot with anti-trafficking, with especially children being abducted into the sex trade and and, uh, rescuing children out of that environment and so it's it's a cruel it's a cruel environment to live in to have to deal with on a daily basis when you see the horrific things that are happening to innocent little children who have no way of defending themselves i love dreaming about the fire the fire that's going to come and burn up the evil that is doing that to them and the fire that is going to burn up their little you know their you know, the diseases in their little bodies, the STDs that they're infected with, all the different things that got into their bodies because of that. The fire is going to burn it up. The fire is going to burn up the horrific memories. The fire is going to burn up the trauma. The fire is going to set them free. 
And you know what? The fire's going to set free those that are bound by pornography and those that are bound by drugs and those who are bound by, by that drivenness to be traffickers of them. What happens if the fire comes and burns up all evil doing, just like the Bible says? And what if the whole wide world is so shaken by the fire that they finally surrender? Now, everyone has a will, and they can still choose not to come, but they've got to really have the spirit of stupid on them if they, in the midst of that, say no to God. Amen? It's going to be a great harvest. It's going to be amazing. It'll change everything overnight. And you know why God's going to give it to us? Because he loves us. He loves us so much. I mean, you just think of it if you're holy, holy God. Have you ever been irritated by someone's sin? You know, someone's sin against you. Haven't you been irritated? And yet God, he says, love is not irritated. And so he just, he just has always been truth. He's never compromised, and he's never shifted in his love. And it says his wrath is against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. You know, he spent all his wrath on his son. So we, we escape his wrath, per se. But it's against all the ungodliness, against all the unrighteousness. And that judgment and that fire is going to come against all that stuff that hurts mankind. What a loving God we have. That he even tolerates all of it for all these years because he wants us completely delivered with him for all eternity. And he wants us to bring the whole wide world in. It's going to be all hands on deck in this next one, folks. We're going to bring in a harvest that you can't even imagine. And there'll be some of the most wicked sinners. There's no, no sin too great for the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus can, can cleanse any sin and the fire can burn any sin. Fire can do it. And God's mercy says, I'm going to do it. His love for us says, I'm going to do it. You might have someone in your family right now that is resistant to the gospel. Maybe you're married and you have a spouse that's resistant to the gospel. Maybe you have a rebellious child, a rebellious friend, rebellious parents, whatever. They say, no, I don't need God. But when the fire comes, they'll change. Yes. Then they'll believe. So you can practice right now in your prayer closet. Fire on them, Lord. Fire. Fire. Burn up all the unbelief. Burn up all that resistance. Fire. Fire. If they're drug addicts, fire on that addiction. If they're porno addicts, fire on that addiction. Because you love them like God loves them. He loves them so much. He doesn't want them to stay in that. You've got a new weapon here. It's the fire of God. And when we start praying for the fire and working this fire, well, we're going to have revival. We're going to have an outpouring of the Spirit such as we've never seen. This coming move, there, it, it is matchless. There will never, never have been anything like it. The Lord told me that. He, he, he says it's, it's going to be beyond anything that has ever hit planet Earth yet. Your eye has not seen. Your ear has not heard. Neither has it entered into your heart. The things that God has in store for those who love him. And they'll be revealed by the Spirit. That's why he's revealing it. Now, revelation of a thing. Whoa. How many of you believe a move of fire is coming? Woohoo! How many of you want a move of fire? Okay. Whoa. You're, you're on God's team. You're in agreement with, with him. You know, what could be better than that? He wants it too. Whoa. And he's waiting. See, he doesn't do anything in the earth, number one, until it's prophesied. And number two, until it's prayed through. And that's consistent. I'll give you a few examples. Elijah. 
It says in Eli in in um, in uh, Second Kings, no, First Kings. It says that that um, Elijah heard. This is after he confronts the prophets on, on Mount Carmel. He says, "I hear the sound of a heavy rain." Prophetically, he heard a sound because there was no rain. There was no clouds. <laughs> it was you know they they they'd been in drought for for years. But he says, "I hear the sound of a heavy rain." He heard it prophetically. So what does he do? He goes to the top of Mount Carmel. He puts his head between his knees, which is a praying position, and he begins to, to pray for what he saw prophetically. He sends a servant out to go look for the cloud. The servant comes back and says, Hello there, <laughs> Elijah. There is not a cloud in the sky. I mean, you think there's rain coming? Hello there. And Elijah basically said, Wrong answer. Keep going back until you see that cloud. I want you to come back with a report that is in line with what I know is going to happen. Because sometimes there's a space between the revelation and the manifestation. And so he stays in the birthing position until the servant comes back and says, you know, I see a cloud about the size of a man's fist, but, you know, it's just so little, you know, it's up there in the sky and you can, you know, just this little cloud, you know, I don't know if that would help you, Elijah. Elijah says, woohoo, that's it, you know? Ahab, get your chariot ready. But what happened, what happened, like when you're in prayer, praying the purposes of God, supernatural empowerment comes upon you. What happened to Elijah? Well, I feel for this house, there's going to be supernatural encounters coming to this house. Major supernatural encounters. Like, I, I, I see chariot rides. Have you been riding chariots recently? Have you been riding chariots? Have you been riding any? Well, get ready. <laughs> chariot rides are chariot rides are fun. Whoa. Um, I don't know why I said that. I just feel like maybe it's going to happen. Um, anyway, whoa. <laughs> anyway, supernatural empowerments come when you pray through a prophetic revelation. What happened to Elijah? He outran the chariots of Ahab and got to Jezreel before Ahab did. You know, when revival hits, you get in graces that give you a lot of fun. Okay. <laughs> okay, here's another one quickly. Jesus. Jesus prophesies. No, let me do Anna the prophetess first. Anna the prophetess, she's a prophetess and a widow. She's been in the temple ever since her widowhood. They're estimating that she was in that temple praying prophetically for over 60 years in fastings and prayer. 60 years. What's she, what's she birthing? What is she birthing? She's birthing the messianic prophecies. She knows as a prophetess that the Messiah is going to come and be manifest within the realm of time, but she knows that he's not going to come without the birthing of intercession. That's why as a prophetess that knew the word and the will of God, she stays in a, in a birthing posture of intercession and births the will of God. And then, of course, Jesus was made manifest. In Acts chapter 1, Jesus prophesies. He says, you will receive the Holy Spirit not many days from now. He had told them to go tarry in Jerusalem until the promise of the Spirit came. They knew what tarrying meant. It meant to pray. It meant to intercede. So when you see them in the upper room, it says they were all together in one place, interceding for that will of God to come forth. They were interceding nonstop and continuously, which the house of prayer, through Mike Bickle's leadership and I, IHOP and 
and many others who have been inspired by it, including this house here, that there's been 24-7 intercession for many years. What are we birthing, folks? What are we birthing? What, what level and dimension of heaven are we birthing into the earth in this hour? I tell you, and it's corporate. It's all over the world. This is not just in Jerusalem anymore. It is to the uttermost parts of the earth that this prayer is happening. It's birthing. And so the disciples went in and they were praying nonstop and continuously around the clock until the spirit was poured out. All the signs are in place. All the signs are here for the greatest outpouring. It is going to come any minute now. And I'm starting to feel the fire right now. I'm starting to feel it in my body. Anybody else starting to feel it? Anyone else starting to feel hot? Stand up if you are. You know, it's, it's, it's starting to come, and it usually intensifies after it starts. I tell you, we are in for the greatest move ever. And you can start, first of all, posturing yourself for this fire. And you can say, bring it on, Lord. I want the fire. I want the fire. I just covet this fire it's going to burn up everything in me except you, Jesus. It is a grace. You won't have to perform. You won't have to work at it. You won't have to, you know, strive in yourself to produce the effects of it. The fire will do it for you. I tell you, this fire is burning in here right now as you're starting to feel the heat stand up because it's going to intensify. It's going to spread. I've seen it in meetings where over 90% of the room is experiencing the manifestation of the burnings of God. And this is only the beginning. And as we start to pray into this, it is going to accelerate. It is going to come upon children. It'll be upon, if there's anyone pregnant right now, it'll be fire babies are going to burn in this next season. We are going to see the birthing of fire babies. Fire babies, fire babies are coming forth. How many of you in this room are going to be running with torches of fire through the nations, through the streets, into dark places to bring the light and the glory of Jesus Christ to the nations. There are significant revivalists being birthed in this very room. Some of you are going to be marked, you know, you know um, Jonathan Edwards probably never dreamt that he would be a catalyst for the Great Awakening. In fact, the Great Awakening wasn't even named until it came. The Lord says this next move is not even going to have a name to it. You can't call it really a revival because it's going to be more than that. You can't call it an awakening. It'll be more than that. I said, Lord, what is it? He says, you'll know when it comes because I'll name it when it comes. How? Evan Roberts. <sighs> was a chosen vessel, just a young man. And he was a catalyst for revival in the Welsh revival. There's catalysts in this room here right now. You might say, oh, but I just feel like I'm an ordinary person. No one's ordinary in Jesus. No one. And there's some of you who have been setting your, your lives apart for God and you've been before him and before the altar of God and saying, oh God, I just got to be more like you. I want to spend myself on you. I want to give myself to you. I want to be immersed in your love. I want to be baptized in your love. And I tell you, he has heard your prayer. I can hear out of this room so many of you have been so serious about your love commitment to the Lord that you'll be willing to do anything, go anywhere, do whatever it takes. 
You're being consumed with passion for him. I can feel that this room is full of those who have that kind of commitment. This is a house of separation unto him. You're amazing. You're amazing. And he has seen the cry of your heart. And he says, I'm going to fulfill your every desire. I'm going to fulfill your every desire. The Lord says that there is a company of revivalists that are being raised up that will have a river of fire flowing out of their belly to the nations, flowing out of their belly in the streets. The Lord says the fullness of the gospel, the fullness of the gospel is going to be made manifest in this hour. Not only will there be the preaching of the gospel, there will be true repentance and turning from sin unto God, unto the fullness of who he is. The Lord says that there will be miracles, there will be signs, there will be wonders, there will be healings, the lepers will be cleansed, the dead will be raised in this move. I see children. I see children, young children. I see them three and four and five years of age, working massive miracles, getting visions of heaven, being visited in the night by angels of fire. And I see a whole company of children in this next move being a sign and a wonder to the nations. Oh, the Lord says, don't forget the children. Don't forget the children. Many in the body are having large families right now. It's prophetic because you're being fruitful and you're multiplying. And there is going to be a grace. There's going to be a grace. You're going to have more children, more children, more children. Because the fire babies are being born. The fire babies are being birthed. There are going to be whole networks and churches that are going to rename their names you know the fire churches <laughs> how there'll be many prophetic paintings about the fire the fire the fire the fire the fire there'll be a groaning herd there'll be a groaning herd the lord says heaven is hearing the groanings the groanings to be released from the corruption. The groanings are being heard. And the mature sons of God will arise and set even creation free. Woo! The Lord says that in this next move, and I, it, it seems that we're already starting to step into it in some measure. But the Lord says that, that there is going to be a rejuvenation in this next move where even those that thought that they were getting into the, you know, the last leg of their life are going to be rejuvenated and become like teenagers again. People in their 60s and 70s and 80s are going to be rejuvenated. You're just going to be like feeling the youth again. In fact, some of you are going to outstrip the younger ones because of so much supernatural rejuvenation. Agelessness in the spirit. Agelessness in the spirit. Woo! And the Lord says also horses are coming. I don't understand what that means. Horses are coming. Horses are coming. 
in Texas. <laughs> I'm not getting any more. He just said, say it. The horses are coming. Interesting. The horses are coming. The horses are coming. Texas is going to have horses, horses, horses. Horses. Heavenly horses. Whoa, whoa. Ho. Everyone start to cry out for fire. You want fire, cry out for it. Ho, fire. 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 right now feeling the heat within you you know that there's a measure of the furnace that got released you know come forward to the front right now just run to the front as fast as you can here um, because I have discovered that when you respond to the movement of the Lord in your life there is an increase whatever you focus on you empower how so if you want more which I don't know about you but I always want more of God <laughs> <laughs> that this is, whoa, this is one of the secrets. Whoa! Fire! Whoa! Come on, just maybe squish in a little bit more so people down the else can come in. Over 80%, over 80% of this room is already feeling the manifestation of the fire. Are you ready for more? Lift up your hands into the glory. Fire! 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 Whoa! Your name's Jeremy, right, Jeremy? Jeremy, there's a revival anointing on your life. You're a leader. Your there's a fire in your bones. There's a fire in your bones. There's a fire in your bones. Whoa! And it's a revival fire. It's the outpouring of the Spirit. It's the fire of God. Whoa! Whoa. This house is going to be a house of fire. You know why? Because the altar... The altar of God is an altar of fire. It's an altar of fire where the priests offer to God holy sacrifice. Ho! Oh, fire! The Lord says that there is an acceleration of answered prayers in this house. The things that you have seen in the glory realm are going to manifest in the natural realm. 
I tell you, this is your wife behind you here. You and your wife, the Lord says, you have been faithful stewards of the gift that he's given you in every way. Not only in your faith, not only in the scriptures that he has made alive to you, not only in your passion, but also in your finances, in your material possessions. And the Lord says he blesses you. He blesses you with the bounty of heaven. And he says over you that your latter glory is greater than the former. And you haven't seen anything yet. The Lord says now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you could ask or think according to the power that is in you. The Lord says wisdom is going to increase. Wisdom is going to be spoken through your lips, but there's also going to be manifestations and impartation of the wisdom that is within you. Lay hands on this young man and just impart wisdom. Impart wisdom. Wisdom to this generation. This is a sign of the wisdom of the faithful of this generation being passed on to the younger generation. There's a spirit of wisdom on this young man already. I see there's, there's this, this fire in his bones. There's this passion in him for the, for the, for the courts of the Lord. Whoa! Oh! <laughs> I tell you, children are going to get... Whoa, it's hot. Woo! Whoa, it's hot. I'm burning. I love it. I love it. Oh! Whoa! Get my fire gun out. Fire gun time. Whoa! Oh, fire gun. Oh. What is your name? Matthew, right. Oh, Matthew, the Lord has given you a sensitive heart, a compassionate heart. And he says that, that the fire is going to ignite you afresh. I see you rising up like double your size even, like a giant. A giant for God, full of the stature of the measure of Christ, the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. The Lord says that's been your passion, to be like him. And then he says that you're going to be like him because it's the desires of your heart. And it's not going to be a struggle. And it's not going to be a, a, a hard thing because tonight, the fire, the fire, Fire! The fire! The fire! The fire is giving you the desires of your heart! The fire! Fire! Woo! How? Fire! 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 Woo! <laughs> Ho! Ho! More fire, more fire, more fire, 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 fire! Whoa! I tell you, this is a significant night for you. Matthew, things are turning a corner for you. Even things of the past that you had remorse over, confusion over, getting burned up in fire tonight. Burned up, burned up, burned up, burned up, burned up. Fire! 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 Fire!
fire. Healing by fire. There's some of you who have had a vexation in your soul. Some of it has been a struggling within yourself of certain things that brought condemnation, confusion, and guilt. The fire is going to it tonight. It's going to burn up that chaff. It's going to burn up that dross for you. It's deliverance by fire. It's healing by fire. I see you being set free from the torments of the soul. Boy, I see a glory cloud all over this place right now. In the name of Jesus, I lose fire, 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 fire upon the torments of the soul. Deliverance by fire right now in Jesus' name. I see inadequacies being burned up. Some of you have been holding back because you felt so inadequate. You didn't feel like you could do what God was inviting you to do. Because you said, Lord, I feel so inadequate. That inadequacy right now is getting burned up by fire in Jesus' name. Whoo, fire. Whoo, it's hot in here. Oh, fire. Wouldn't you rather have the God, God's fire than hell's fire? Yeah. Hello. <laughs> How? There's an instructor's anointing on you. The Lord says that you're going to teach people things that you've learned, some of the things you've learned the hard way. But he says you're not going to let any of it go to waste because you learned lessons in the midst of the dark tunnels, in the midst of the hard places. And you're not going to let any of it go to waste because he's going to use you to instruct people to be overcomers and to to walk through the minefields and to miss the mines. Oh, fire, fire, fire. Fire. <laughs> Woo! Fire woman. You're his fire girl. Woo! Wow! There's going to be a new level to your voice. There's going to be a new level to the groaning, the release of that which is in your soul through your voice. The Lord says, fire, the fire of his love, the fire of his passion. Woo, fire. Wow, you are hot. <laughs> you are hot. My hand is burning just by touching her head. You got it too, don't you? You're getting hotter by the minute right now. <laughs> Fire! <laughs> More! Fire! Fire, fire, fire! Let it burn right in the midst of her, Lord God. Let the fire burn! <laughs> you know what the Lord's burning up in you is the Lord's given you some promise. And some of it is like, oh, Lord, it's, it, it looks delayed. It looks delayed. You know, and... And because of the delay, the enemy's been trying to plague you with unbelief. But I speak fire on him tonight. <laughs> There's going to be a really strong release of faith because that fire is getting burned. <sighs> oh, fire! <laughs> oh. Okay. As well, as we finish up tonight, I'd like you to just turn around to some people around you, get in circles of four or five, and release fire on each other. Fire on each other. 
You're going to be ministers of the fire. Fire, fire, fire. And as you are releasing the fire on one another, <laughs> we'll believe for everything to get burned up that needs to get burned up. Sickness, sickness, disease, things that you need deliverance from, an ignition of passion, the releasing of revival. Woo, fire. Fire! 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 Fire parties! Fire! Fire! Fire, fire, fire. the Lord. Whoa, praise the Lord. Give the Lord a big praise. Give the Lord a big praise. Hey. Now, um, you might be here tonight. You might be here tonight. And maybe you have never heard the gospel before. Maybe you don't know Jesus, this man of fire who wants to come inside of your life right now and deliver you from sin, from its guilt, from its shame, from its damage. He wants to be your God. He wants to be your Savior. And he's here right now knocking on the door of your heart. And all you have to do is say, Jesus, I just want you as my God. I want you to come in and make me a brand new creation. I give you my life. I turn away, you know, from the things that have been hurtful to myself and others and to you. And I give my heart to you. Or maybe you're here tonight and you actually have prayed a prayer to ask Jesus to come into your heart. But you're not confident that if your life were to be taken tonight, that you would be with the Lord in glory. You lack confidence. You lack faith in knowing that you truly belong to him. Or perhaps you're here tonight. And you say, I know the Lord 
but I feel so backslidden because I feel like I'm I'm walking two sides of the fence. Sometimes I'm with them and sometimes I'm, you know, serving my own flesh, serving the world, but I'm not completely committed. And there's others of you that say, Lord, I know I believe in you, but I feel really dull and I feel really lifeless in you. I'd like us to make way for anyone that fits those categories to come forward to the front. So if we could just make a way just in the front here for, for those that want to come forward. You either have never received Jesus Christ as your Savior and you want to receive him tonight or maybe you're not confident that if your life were to be taken tonight, you're not absolutely confident that you are right with God or that your name is written in the book of life. I'd like you to come forward. Or maybe you know God, but you feel like there's so much mixture in your life. And tonight you're saying, I don't care what people think. I'm going forward and I'm going to give my whole life. I'm going to rededicate to God 100% and I'm going to serve him with passion all the days of my life. Or maybe there's some of you here tonight that you believe in him, you know him, but you think, I'm so dull, I, I, I just, I don't have any passion for you, Lord, and I want to be ignited with fresh fire tonight. If you're not in those categories, if you could make your way back to your seat while we pray for these ones, and if there's any of the ministry team from, from the uh, storehouse that you're here can help minister to these ones, that will be awesome. Amen. Do you want to come over here, ma'am? Yeah, sure. What is your name? Jan. Jan. Nice to meet you, Jan. All right. I'm going to have you all pray with me. And then I'm going to pray for each of you. We've got a ministry team to soak you as well. Anyone else to come forward? You want to give your life to Jesus Christ or rededicate your life or receive that fresh fire? You're coming to the altar tonight because you're saying, God, I want I want to serve you a thousand percent. I... I, I, I just want to surrender afresh to you tonight. So repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for me. I turn away from my sin, and I turn to you. And I ask you to come into my heart and make me the person you want me to be. Write my name in your book of life. You are my God, and I am your child. Thank you, Jesus. And Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, I just pray for fire right now. Fire right now. To give a confidence, to give security, to give annoying fire. Fire right now. Lord God, to burn up anything that's in their way of receiving the desires of their heart, which is the full passionate love for you, to you and from you, in Jesus' name. Fire, 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 in the name of Jesus. And that I thank you, Lord, that knowledge of you and the full flame within the heart is being ignited afresh right now, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for giving her the desires of, your, of, of her heart and the desire of your heart for her, Lord God. Lord, that any voice of the enemy that comes to say you're not good enough, you're not doing enough, God is not going to accept you. Lord, that all that is getting burned by fire tonight. Every lie that opposes love is getting burned tonight in Jesus' name. 
Father, I thank you for giving your son the desires of his heart to draw close to you, to have a confidence on the inside, to have any season of dullness burned up, Lord God, that he can have a fresh, Lord God, a fresh zeal, a fresh passion for you as you have for him in the name of Jesus. I thank you for the dedication of his heart to you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this man of God. And you know you're created. You're created to walk in the light as he is in the light. You're created to be like him. You're created for his purposes. You're created for for being his voice, for being his mouthpiece, for being his hands extended. And so, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I lose your fire upon him, Lord God. Lord, to give him the desires of his heart, to walk with you all the days of his life without compromise, but fully as a man of God in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for Jan, Lord God. I thank you for giving her the desires of her heart to walk fully with you. Baptize her afresh in the Holy Ghost, Lord God. Baptize her afresh in your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come now in the name of Jesus. Fill her to overflowing with your power and with your glory in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.